well, this is um, this is a, an exciting Sunday morning uh, for us to begin uh, um, to to tag team is, is is kind of the best word that I, I know. Paula and I had the opportunity to to kind of co-preach together and Greg and Angel got up and co-preached together and um, you're going to be seeing a lot of that in 2023 so uh, some of you better be ready um, and so uh, it's exciting this morning to have a, a couple that is going to come and 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 share it's, it's it's interesting don't you I mean like Paul and I said we celebrate 37 years this year and and uh, he said 37 I, I knew what day we had had, I knew the day. I just didn't remember how You're many years. It's, deeper, huh? I, I know. I'm sorry. Just, just move on. All right. Move so, on. Um, but it's interesting in a marriage as a couple that you begin to see things. Both of you see things in different lights, right? You have different perspective. God gave women certain uh, characteristics and certain, um, you know, in, in talents Outlook. and abilities, outlooks, as well as uh, for men. Paul has preached a lot that man was uh, created in the adventure in the wilderness <laughs> and and uh, eve was created in the garden in the no not in the kitchen in the garden and so we've <laughs> hush so it's been it's been two different it's, it's two different perspectives and so for some it's very easy to get up and minister many of you have heard chris lewis he's had opportunities to fill this pulpit we we call him the prophet of the house and 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 he is and he he uh Many of you know the power of when he prays, and many of you um, understand the, the anointing of, that, that rests on him. Um, right. But for his beautiful and talented and creative wife, Jessica, <laughs> she has been... so excited. This was actually her yeah, idea. Yeah, this was... She came to us. How many of you believe that if Boy, you raise your hand? Hey, so, me and Chris... We watch what y'all are doing. So we, <laughs> we just want to do it. So can we do it this time? Yeah. Oh, it was. Like, this has been years in the making. Uh, I, I can remember uh, the first time that Jess spoke, we had a girls' conference. And uh, I asked her to do one of the breakout sessions. And I remember, I think Jordan was, you were a teenager at that time during the girls' conference. And, and Emily, you remember when they had, and I, she was in a breakout session, and all the girls came out, were just crying, and they were like, Miss Jess, oh my gosh. They've never forgot her testimony, never forgot how she is always vulnerable. If you know her, you know that she's always vulnerable. She's always authentic. She's real. And um, she just has a big heart. And I think her and Chris compliment one another. So we're, we're pretty excited uh, this morning. Well, if there's anybody that I value, it's, 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 it's you. But in order to bring you the best, we have to have the best. And that's what we've got in Chris and Jessica. So um, let's stand. Let's honor God's couple. Amen. 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 Good morning. Stop looking at me so weird. Everybody's looking at me so weird. Y'all making me nervous. Ugh. Got a whole box here. <laughs> it's already started, and uh, there, once it starts, it's just, I'll probably just cry through the whole thing. So for those of you that have a wage going, I've heard Greg, I've heard Joel, several people are betting on how many times I'm going to cry this morning. 
if you bet that I cry through the whole thing, then you're probably going to be the winner. <laughs> it's so funny that, uh, it's just funny how God works. But Ginger, hey Ginger, if you ever forget how long you've been married, just ask us how old we are. <laughs> We're 37. They've been married 37 oh, years. Joel doesn't think they've been married 37 years. Joel oh. says it's 36. Oh man. Well. Oh, we still don't. The verdict is still, we still out. Don't know. Oh my goodness. So. Serena, I swear nobody has any idea what we were talking about this morning. I think Ginger might know, but we've not told anybody what we're talking about. And then everybody gets up here and tells my message this morning. I'm like, stop it. Stop. So, Serena, I mean, we could really just go home because Serena did just about everything that's in my notes. Serena has said this morning and probably said it better than I can, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a good shot. So, Chris has told me that I have to. Let him jump in. Let at me know some when points. I can talk. <laughs> and we're so different because I have notes. He has none. He's gonna wing it. And um, I'm like, okay, so how are we gonna start this? And he's like, I mean, we're just gonna start it. And I'm like, no, we have to have like an opening. And he's, get the out? yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're used to teaching kids church. So this is not gonna be some like profound, deep thing yes, like Greg would give you. Yes, I mean, it's just, it it's just it's God's word. So. Um, <laughs> We don't have, we needed a signal. We tried to come up yeah. with like, it's okay. when I am going to, supposed to shut up so he can jump in, but we didn't, yeah, yeah, okay, go Chris, okay. go, 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 start it, start it. You All can right. open this up in prayer. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have to come together and, and share in your word and just fellowship in your word. Just, just let it soak in and marinate, Father, in our souls that just letting you just engulf our lives with your presence, Father. We just, we're, we're here, we're hungry for you, and we thank you that you're pouring your spirit out in this, that your anointing is on this, Father, and that we are going to be able to, to change our lives, change our mindsets, and just grow in you and become one with you, closer with you, and that we just, we could, we could take it to other people, Father, that we can... Father, that we can just, just honor you and we worship you with all that we have in Jesus' name. So we're talking about worry. Of course. Greg and Serena. So I didn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't want to talk about worry, y'all. My heart has not beat in a normal rhythm since October when Ginger told me that we were doing this. Like, I've had heart palpitations since October. And I've just about chewed my bottom lip off. So I, like, carry chapstick everywhere I go because it's just about gone. I've got sores on my lip from chewing. And then God tells me, I want you to talk about worry. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Are you you kidding me? So uh, here we are. We're going to do it anyway. Greg talked about it two weeks ago, I think. We weren't here last Sunday. We were on an anniversary trip. So um, last time we were here, Greg, Greg talked about it. And I'm like, well, okay, give me something else. But we're still here. So here we go. You got anything to say? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be like a comedy show more than anything, you guys. Okay, so I, um, I like Angel. I like I like words, I like definitions, and so I looked up um, belief. The definition of belief is trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something. Um, The definition of trust 
is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Um, the definition of fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused emotion. I got an issue with emotions <laughs> caused by anticip anticipation or awareness of danger. And the definition of worry is to give way to anxiety or uncertainty. I'm not going to cry again. To allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. So fear is like that first thing. It's like your initial response to something. I can't look at Emily. Emily's getting emotional over here, and I just, I just connected with her for a second, and I got I to gotta stay away from Emily. Okay, that's good to know. Let me, let me turn around. Uh, I might need to move my chair here in a second. Okay, um, so fear is like your first response. Something happens, either you get a bill in the mail. Good gosh, who's got an amended utility bill? That will strike some fear into you real fast. Um, you get an unexpected diagnosis. I mean, it's a, your initial reaction to something. If you don't check that fear, um, like Serena said, it happens, but it, it just happens for a second, or you can allow it to become a stronghold, and that turns into anxiety or worry. I have a fear of speaking in front of people. <laughs> um, afraid that I may cry or pass out. I have to tell you this real quick. So I, <laughs> I pick up NOLA every day from school, Sometimes it's just me and Nola. Sometimes it's, uh, okay, don't look at Nola either. Okay, I'm just going to look straight at the doors. Um, Nola told me, she said, Miss Jess, how are you? I was like, girl, I'm stressing. She said, why are you stressing? I said, I have to, I have to share a message with Chris on Sunday. And Nola goes, Miss Jess, oh, don't look at Kristen either. Y'all are killing me. <laughs> Logan, I need you to go stand back there and just, where's Jeremy? Jeremy, yeah. Good gosh. Okay. Nola said, uh, Miss Jess, somebody in that church needs to hear what you have to say. Oh, this is a kid telling me this. She said, just don't pass out and just don't throw up. And I'm like, okay. If that's my, that's my goal, I, I think I'm okay. I, I mean, she didn't tell me not to cry. She just said, don't pass we out. We got an offering throw. pill over here just in case. No, we wouldn't <laughs> use that. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Okay, where am I at? So, if you dwell on fear, it becomes worry. Um, that giving way to that trouble and letting it take over your mind chokes out all trust in God and belief that he has called you to do whatever it is he's called you to do for others. It can keep you from doing what you're supposed to do to help others. There's no uncertainty in God's promises Worry is the opposite of trust and belief. I, I guess I'm just going to read my notes to y'all this morning. <laughs> um, okay, this one hurts, y'all. You cannot say you trust God, but still allow your mind to worry or be consumed by worry and anxiety. You're lying to yourself. And I said, God, I can't tell them that they're lying to themselves. I'm not supposed to say that. I even asked Chris, is that okay to say? But... Of course, I won't say yeah. Yeah, Chris is like, yeah, tell them. You're lying to yourself. If you say, God, I trust you with my finances, and then the first thing you do every morning is check your bank account to make sure you got, you're lying to yourself. You don't really trust God with your finances. If you say, okay, I've got this diagnosis. God, I bring it to you. I know you're our healer. I know you're in control. But that's the thing that occupies every second of your mind. You're lying to God's not really in control of that situation. You're, you're doing that on your own. So um, you're literally not trusting God to honor his word. 
Amen. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So fe- fear, fear, anxiety, worry, it's, it's all of the same spirit. Um, it, it takes on, you know, different forms, uh, but there's subtle differences, but it's all the same spirit. Um, my first, uh, my biggest bout with uh, fear, the spirit, uh, was in high school. Uh, where they had a zero tolerance policy, much like they do now, but they just haul you off to jail and figure out the rest later. And so there was an individual that I was having trouble with, and um, we had gym together, and that's when most of the problems would occur. Um, And at first it wasn't a big deal, but... Then it then it got worse, um, and it wasn't no big old guy. I mean, he was a little guy, and I mean, it was it was just fear, like the spirit, like. And I knew. I mean, I grew up in church. I would, you know, I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was eight years old. Like, I understand the Word of God. I under, but this was like real life. Like, this is my for real spirit man engaging, and I didn't know how to handle it. <clears throat> um, but it, it went on, and this was my, my freshman year, um, and I, I think he might have been a freshman too, but I got so engulfed in, like, what was, what was happening. Like, I, I felt like there was nothing I could do. Um, and and the spirit of fear really got a hold of me, um, and worrying and anxiety, like you know, I was hyperventilating, and it it got it got really bad. Um, I mean, I talked to my parents about it. Um, my mom would give me little scriptures to hold on to in my pocket anytime. I felt it, you know, I'd pull one out and read it, but, like, it it was everything I could do just to, just to get up in the morning, just to make myself go to school. It was, it was strong, like, really strong, and, and it went on all the way to the, to the end of the year, and finally... I took it upon myself that I wasn't going to go through all summer with this spirit on me. And so I was going to fight him. And if I go to jail, I don't care. And so that's what, that's what I did. <laughs> but it didn't change anything. I mean, I didn't. My dad came up there. He, he, got me, he kept me from going to jail. I still got suspended the last week of school. But I still went through all summer afraid. I mean, I lost weight. I was, I really, I, I didn't do much, you know, with my life. I, I continued to pray, but 
it wasn't going anywhere. Like, I tried to have faith, but that spirit so strong, like it had just consumed me. And my mom would come in there and said, she said, baby, God, God told me he took care of it already. You don't have to worry. But I still, it, it still didn't, it didn't help. And so I went through all summer, and then I came back to school in my sophomore year, and uh, I still had my little scriptures in my pocket. Like, I didn't give up on God, and I knew he didn't give up on me. I was still uh, pursuing the best that I could could spiritually. Um, but I got there. As soon as I got out of the car, uh, I went and I sat next to the teacher and I asked about the young man. And she said he, he went to California for, for summer and uh, he got in a gang fight and you won't see him again. And it's hard to have peace. Because you don't want to see, you know, ill will come towards somebody. But God took care of it for me. And it brought me to a place of trust that I, that stayed with me forever. Like I can... I can trust God now. I can have faith now that I, I could never imagine. That situation prepared me for so many things in my life. I can trust God with our finances. I can trust God with our children. I can trust God. I can have faith immediately. And when the spirit of fear comes, like, I can look it in the face. Like, I can stare you down and say no I can I can sever it quickly because I know what kind of power it can have if I allow it and so I'm not gonna allow it and that was a real like probably one of the largest growth experiences for me because the spirit that spirit is crazy strong and when it becomes a stronghold, it is extremely difficult to shake off. Like, you can't do it by yourself. Like, you just can't. I mean, we can have the, the full armor of God, but you have to have warriors on your backside. Like, you, you can't do it on your own. So, if you find yourself in that dilemma, you have to cut it off quick. You have to get help. This body of believers that, that are in this room will stand with you through thick and thin. And we got to stick together, especially in this area, because it will, it will, it will overwhelm you. It will overtake you. Sorry. Sure. That's the signal. Sure. <laughs> I bet y'all didn't bet on Chris crying, did you? Yeah, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> no water fell from my face. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, it, it, it fell in. for mine. I like snotting over here. 
Okay. So we're going to talk about, um, we're going to turn to Second Chronicles, chapter 20. We're talking about Jehoshaphat. Chris knew all this already. I swear I read my Bible, y'all, but some things just, I don't know. It, some things just don't connect. And I've read this before, but when I read it this time, maybe it's because I was actually studying it this time. Um, a lot of it kind of jumped out to me. So, all right, so Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. Um, it was, what I say, David, Asa. some evil king that I can't remember his name, I always forget it, and then King Asa. And then Jehoshaphat was Asa's son. Um, king Asa died, it was, I think he died of gout. I think that's what it was. It said it was an infirmity of his foot. What'd you say? Yeah, gout. I think Paul knows all about gout. It was an infirmity of his foot. So he died. Um, and then Jehoshaphat took over. Like halfway through his life, he became king. Um, Jehoshaphat was a good king. I mean, he really tried to um, seek God. And when he made decisions, he um, tried to do it, you know, using prayer and seeking godly counsel. And um, when he appointed judges, he told them that as they judged people in the kingdom, that they needed to remember who they were representing and um, that they needed to judge as God would judge people. And so I really like Jehoshaphat, but Jehoshaphat um, screwed up a little bit. He made some alliances that were not the greatest and learned some lessons. Um, so we're going to start in Second Chronicles verse 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 1. Um, so Jehoshaphat, I guess he's just hanging out. I don't know what's going on. But at some point, an ar his people come to him and say, King, there's an army coming. Um, they're coming to overtake your kingdom. And they're like two days out. So he had a small army. Um, they, let's see, a huge army is quickly appro approaching Jerusalem. They're coming from Edom beyond the Dead Sea. But they have already reached someplace about two days southwest of where they were. Verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. There's that initial response, that fear, that your, your automatic response, hopefully not your automatic response, occasionally, the natural response, I guess, would be fear. Um, so he sought God and required all Judah's citizens to fast. So he had fear, and then his response was what? Prayer and fasting. Um, everyone gathered together in Jerusalem from cities all over Judah to seek help from God. Jehoshaphat joined the assembly in the newly restored court at the Eternal's house and prayed before the people. Um, what I thought was cool about that scripture is that he gathered his troops. He said, we're going to pray and we're going to fast together. We're not going to do it alone. I'm not going to go hide in a corner and pray to God by myself. We're going to come together. We're going to strengthen our troops and we're going to do that through prayer and fasting. That tells me that when you're going through a battle, like Chris said, you're not supposed to do it alone. God has given you a family. He's given you an army that, that you're supposed to stand. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Shoot. It got me. Uh, that you're supposed to stand with um, to fight your battles. Okay, so the next couple of scriptures is Jehoshaphat's prayer. Uh, you, you good? You got anything to say? You going to tell me if you have something to say? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, 13 so all of Judah men women children and infants were waiting in front of the eternal's temple when Jehoshaphat asked so they prayed and then they waited 
for God to speak. They didn't pray. Y'all, I'm so, my mind, I might have ADD. I'm not real sure. But my mind is like in a thousand places all the time. And I'm so guilty of praying and then like, okay, God, thank you so much. Amen. And then I'm on to the next thing. Like sitting and waiting after you pray, it's, it's not something that I typically do. But if these people had not sat and waited after they prayed, they might have missed what was coming next. So um, they waited. They didn't rush off. Um, okay, where are we? So after they pray, he prayed, they waited, and then it says the Spirit descended on a Levitical singer. I don't know what that means. Um, we don't know how long they waited, though. Are you laughing at me? My kids make fun of me. It's okay. Um, let's see. Do it, so we're in, chap, we're in verse 15 now. Um, the Levitical singer says, Do not fear or worry about this army. The battle is not yours to fight. It is the true God's. So he's telling them that God's saying, This isn't your battle to fight. Like, you can't, you're not enough for this one. God's going to fight this for you. If you'll just listen and do what he tells you to do, God is going to take care of this for you. Um, A lot of times when we see or when we come up against things, we think we're not enough. You're not. That's what God's there for. He is enough. You have to allow him to have control. Um, Okay. Good? (laughs) amen okay okay so then they tell them what's gonna happen um let's see do not fear or worry tomorrow face the army and trust that the eternal is with you let me look at my notes real quick and see what i what i wrote down um they trusted completely he said trust that the eternal is with you not help me here not not worry, yeah. I mean, the opposite of trust is worry. Don't worry that God's not going to honor his word, that he's not going to do what he said he would do. I think so much, like, we don't doubt things. Like, we don't doubt, everybody uses the example, like, I don't doubt that this chair is going to hold me up. I don't doubt that that light switch is going to turn the lights on. There's things that you just don't doubt. You don't doubt that the sun's going to come up in the morning. You don't doubt that the moon's going to come out tonight. Like, why do we doubt God? If you, don't, if you trust in a dang light switch and you trust in a chair, why do you not trust in God? I don't, I don't I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm like preaching to myself up here. But why? Why do you allow yourself to not trust in God of all things? It's just, it's crazy to me. You, do, you, do you have something to add? I mean, you're welcome to. I, I welcome feedback, you guys. I'm used to talking to kids that never shut up and teenagers. So if you have something to say, you jump in here. Okay, so they trusted the Lord completely. Um, Jehoshaphat bowed his head. We're in verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed his head low, and all the assembly fell prostrate before God and worshipped him with reverence. They trusted the Lord completely. There was no doubt there. Um, meanwhile, the Levite families stood up to praise the eternal God, the true God of Israel, with very loud voices. So after they prayed, they trusted, they praised, they worshiped God. I, um, I don't, 
I don't want to offend anybody by saying this. I don't, um, just say it. (laughs) I don't think it's right to believe God for something, to hand it over to him and say, God, this is my situation. I trust you with it. I need you to move in this situation and then pray that same prayer 50 more times. Like, like you just pray it, you trust God, and then you thank him for what he's done. You don't have to beg God to move on your behalf. You don't have to beg God to heal you. You don't have to beg God to handle your finances. Like, he's going to do it. So just thank him for it in your waiting. Anybody get offended by that? The word says that. Oh, it does? Good. Just kidding. I'm kidding. So good job. Well, people... I mean, people are offended by the truth, and they're offended by what the Word says sometimes. So, you know, okay. All right. um, You got anything else to say? Sure. figure out where I'm at? Go ahead. Okay. So what do you do with your worries? Where, Where do you take them? What do you occupy your time with to drown them out? So, you you remember those those things people used to get those little worry stones? You rub a hole in that bad boy. Well, if you take your worries to a stone, isn't that an idol? Yeah. <laughs> you threw it away. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Like anything, anything you occupy your your time with. You got to be careful that that doesn't become an idol for you, because you're you're using that to to drown out something that you should be taking to the Lord. Jeremy, golf. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Golfing with you. So one time, um, I'm going to use Emily here for a second, but I'm not going to look at her. Um, A long time ago, I don't remember, it might have been at that same girls' conference, I don't know, we were talking about, uh, I think we were talking about comparison, I think is what you were talking about, I'm not real sure. But um, Emily was saying that she had these negative thoughts in her head often about, I guess, what she didn't think she was. Just do this. Um, And... To change her mentality, she had scripture. God would say, you're not enough. Well, she replaced that, I mean, sorry, the devil tells you, you're not enough. She would replace those negative thoughts with scripture immediately. As soon as they popped in her head, she would immediately um, reply with a scripture um, or the truth that God actually says. So if he says, um, you're not qualified, or if the devil tells you that you're not qualified, well, my God says I don't have to be qualified. He's going to carry me through this. Like, you immediately replace those thoughts. You don't allow those thoughts to become a stronghold in your life. So there have been so many things, you guys. Feed a family. I used to, I could tell you what number we were on with feed a family a couple of years ago. Now I don't have a clue because I don't worry about it anymore. Um, you know, in my office, there's this, uh, what are we on? Number three? <laughs> Five? 
Greg's counting. Oh, geez. In my office, there's this big sign that somebody gave me. I don't know if Ginger gave it to me or Miss Darcy. Somebody gave me this big um, sign in my office that says, where God guides, he's, he provides. And that's Isaiah 58, 11. That's not exactly how it's worded in the Bible, but um, that's a little paraphrase from that. And that's the scripture that I've stood on with the food pantry. It's not up to me. <laughs> It's not up to me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not responsible for making sure that food pantry is full of food every month. It's up to God. And if it's not there, I mean, it's not going to not be there because God is in control over it. I remember one time uh, when we were at the old food pantry and Joel, gosh, I don't even know how, Joel, how old Joel was. He was a teenager. Um, oh, yes. so long. Um, we were getting, I, I think we were getting, we used to run out of food, you guys. I don't know if you've ever, if you've been a part of the food pantry for a long time, but there were times when we, I don't think we've ever, ever, ever had to tell anybody, I'm sorry, we don't have food for you, but things got low at some points. And I had an issue of hoarding food in the food pantry. Like we're not giving this out. This is for next month. Like we can't give away this corn because I ordered this for next month. And Joel looked at me one time and he goes, do you not think that God's going to provide for next month? And that has stuck with me all these years. Now I'm like, clean it out. Give it away. Like, it's coming back. God's going to supply our needs for next month. And I don't know, Joel probably doesn't even remember that situation, but that stuck with me. And I, it just was a revelation that I don't have to worry about making sure that God's going to meet my needs in the future. Like, he's always done it. He's always going to. And with Feed a Family, it's the same thing. Like, I don't even care. Like, it's coming. <laughs> and we have uh, my, you know, the memories on Facebook, how it pops up and it says, like, 2016. I would have, I'm so embarrassed by some of those memories that pops up because I'm like, God, I said that publicly? <laughs> like, what was I? Uh, um. You totally threw me off there, Joel. Anyway, okay, let's get back to the word. <laughs> okay, where are we at? So um, Jehoshaphat says, Listen to me, Judah, inhabitants of, of Jerusalem. Trust in God, your true God, not in your own abilities. He's talking to his army. And you will be supported. Put your trust in his words that you heard through the prophets, and we will succeed. So... I mean, it's just trust and faith. I mean, I just it doesn't get any more simple than that. Like, trust that God is who he says he is. I don't know how to break that down anymore. Um, having addressed his people, Jehoshaphat asked those who sang to God to lead the army and praise his magnificence and holiness. As they're going into battle, what are they doing? They're praising. Like, I mean, if you're waiting on a... a call from the hospital to give you your diagnosis for some tests that you've had. How many of us are sitting there praising God, like worshiping him, saying, God, you are good, your word is true. Like, that's, that's not a natural response. But our responses are not supposed to be natural, right? We are supposed to have unnatural responses. Greg talked about that when he was telling about his dad and how he wasn't reacting how everybody else was reacting in that very stressful situation where his dad was in the hospital, his responses were unnatural. That's supposed to be the normal for us, to, to have unnatural responses. You good? <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah. Okay. 
So they go into battle, and because they're singing as they're coming into battle, the army that was coming against them is confused. They're like, what the heck is happening? They're confused, and the word says that they turned on each other, and they begin to kill each other. So just like God took care of his bully in high school, God took care of this army for um, Jehoshaphat and his tribe. Like, they, they defeated themselves. His dude defeated himself. He made a stupid decision and got put away, and then Chris never had to, had to deal, with, deal with that guy again. Um, Jehoshaphat's the same way. His army that he was going into battle against, they took care of themselves. Um, and a lot of times when God moves in your situation, it's so much more than what you expected him to do. Like, okay, God, I, I want you to help me win this war. I'm sure Jehoshaphat didn't think, well, I guess he did because the prophets told him that they would turn on themselves. And, but, like, do you ever, when God moves in your situation, are you ever shocked like it's so much more than what you expected God to do for you? Like, he's just good like that. He's going to, he's going to, um, I'm going to tell the story about the taxes. You okay with that? Yeah, should I? Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but a food, most of my board doesn't know this. So they may be looking for, they may be, you might know, Mr. Tom. They may be looking for a new food pantry director here in a little bit. If anybody is interested in that position, they may um, release me after this. So a lot of them don't know. Some of them do. Um, so you have to file taxes as a nonprofit. Did you know that? Like you still have to file taxes. Um, you don't have to pay taxes, but you have to file them. And if you don't file them correctly or on time, there is a penalty for that. I am not a CPA. I am not an accountant. I can barely get our numbers right when I send in my monthly report. I mean, my, um, my food order, like, Sometimes we get food, and I'm like, Marvely, did I only order 10 cases of corn? Yeah, because your math sucks, Jessica. You only ordered 10 cases of corn. Or did I order 1,200 cases of corn? Yes, because, again, your math sucks. Um, so I, I mess things up sometimes. And um, one year I filed our 990, which is the tax form that a nonprofit files, and it just says, like, this is what our income was, and this is what we spent our money on. And, I mean, it's not a big deal, but... It's stressful. And so I filed it. And this was in 2019, I think. Um, well, in 2020, I'm looking for my most recent 990 so I can apply for some grant. And you can go online and search for your most recent tax form. It's not showing. And I'm like, oh, God, what I do? I messed something up. And so after a few days of stressing and looking for it in my own... Uh, not, not, yeah, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. Um, I decided, well, let me just do it again. Because, okay, so when you file your taxes late for a nonprofit, there's a, I think it's $30 a day is the penalty. Um, and I'm like a year into this. <laughs> I'm like, this was not a small screw up, you guys. This was a pretty big deal. Um, and so I decided, well, I'm just going to do them again because it's better to pay a penalty for being late than a penalty for not doing it at all. Look at Emily. Emily's an accountant, you guys, and so she's like, oh, God, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Um, and so then, so I filed them again a second time. The first time I had done it in writing and sent it in through paper. Second time I did it online. Don't do what Jessica did. Um, 
So then I get a letter in the mail saying you have filed your taxes like a year and a half late at $30 a day. Um, and here is your penalty, and it's like $4,500 and something dollars. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what have I done? And so I call the IRS, and it probably took me, what, Marvely, like, it took me months to get a hold of a person at the IRS. And finally, I got some guy, I was persistent, and I called and called and called and called. I got some guy on the phone that said, um, when you file online, or when you file twice, it negates the first filing that you had. So really what had happened is the IRS was just backed up that far and I had done my taxes on time. Um, but when I freaked out in my own natural <laughs> flesh, um, I filed it a second time and that wiped out the first filing that I had done. And so I created my own mess. Um, there really was no mess, but I didn't trust that I had done things right, and I did it a second time. Did you know this, Greg? You're looking at me like you're shocked right now. No, okay. Um, and so... I totally see you doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is probably the biggest screw-up I've ever done, but there's been many screw-ups. Um, so my, I've got this huge penalty, and I'm asking this guy, like, what do I do? And he says, well, there's a thing called a penalty abatement letter that you can write and send in, but, I mean, we don't really, um, if it's your fault, we don't really return money. I mean, you kind of just, you can try. Just try it and see what happens. And I'm like, well, there's hope. I'm doing it. <laughs> and so um, I talked to a CPA, a, a legit person that knows what they're doing, and they're like, girl, you're wasting your time. I mean, if you just go on and pay it so that you don't accrue interest on your penalty, but you're really wasting your time. And I'm like, I think I, I think I was, I was trying to be a good steward over the food pantry's finances, God's finances. And um, I decided to do it and I prayed about it. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I wrote this letter and it said something along the lines of, we are a small nonprofit. $4,500 is a lot of money to us. Um, I'm so sorry please reconsider this penalty and I'll be praying for you until you mail a check back to us. And I wrote in that letter that I would be praying for whoever that letters, whoever's desk that letter landed on. And I did. And I prayed for them and I prayed for favor and I prayed for God to have mercy on me and to send that money back to us. And I mean, one Sunday I come in and I check the mail and I, I remember going to Ginger like, he did it, Ginger, he did it. And I might have gone to Miss Dorothy because the IRS returned that money and interest, you guys. They sent us a check back for like way more than what I had sent them. And I'm like, I was so shocked that, not that God took care of it because he told me he was going to and that this is what I needed to do. I followed what he told me to do. I wasn't shocked that he did what he said he was going to do. I was shocked that he did it better than what I expected him to do. So... Anyway, okay, you got anything? Go for it. <laughs> I got a story. Tell me your story. It's better than the last story. <laughs> Are you going to cry? No. Okay. So I worked, I worked for uh, Slumberjay from 07 to like 14 for like seven years. And um, I started as a, as a runt uh, on the temp service. And uh, 
you know, God does what he does. Um, I've been, I've been tithes, I've been paying tithes and offerings. I've been given ever since I had a job. Like, I grew up in church, I knew what I was supposed to do, and like, somehow that never, like it's been an anchor. And so, I've always been blessed because God's promises are true. And so, that in that seven years, I went from temp service to all the way to the top, basically. And so, life was hard, really hard, when I was running it up. I mean, I was working 15, 16-hour days, running all over uh, East Texas, and running rigs and everything else but God was always faithful he always blessed us um but I finally made it to the top without trying because I never try I just try to do a good job and I do do a good job and God rewards it so because I I do everything to to please him I'm working for him anyways so So I make it to the top, and life is is easy. It's really easy. Like I'm making a whole bunch of money, and I got. They gave me a truck, so I sold my old truck, and um, and then God's like, "It's time for you to do something else." I was like, "Okay." Well, you know what does that look like? So it took a about a year of him dealing with me, showing me what what was going to happen. Um, and and so I had peace about all of it. And I, and I said, all right, you know, I'll do it. But you got to move me. I'm not quitting. I make too much money. <laughs> it's like, if you know, you move me. And, I mean, he, he showed me what kind of vehicle I was going to drive. He showed me where I was going to be working. So I had no worry, had no fear, because I already learned how to trust him. And so it gets, it gets a whole lot easier um, with every obstacle you uh, encounter. And so one day I come in, it's like, all right, we're, we're shutting the facility down. Everyone's getting laid off. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's like, how much money are you going to give me, you know? And so they, they gave me $14,000, and uh, they, they wanted me to go to West Texas and be an inspector, and I was like, nope, not doing that. Not, I've been there, done that, not moving my family over there. And they're like, okay, well, that's the only option we have for you. I was like, okay, give me my money. And so I took the money, didn't have a job, had not talked to anybody, of where I knew I was going to go work. I was like, I think I'm just going to take off for a little while. So we took two weeks off, and then we didn't really have any money coming in um, except for what we had saved up. Um, and so I took that 14000 I went and bought a new truck. Uh, <laughs> and I was filling out all the paperwork, and they were like, well, we didn't ask where you work. I was like, I don't have a job. They're like... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, who do you know that 
buys a, a brand new truck without even having proof of employment. But uh, but I I got a new truck. Driving you know driving that around, I was like, well, I guess I'll I'll go talk to this place you know where you know God already told me I was going to be working, and you know after Christmas. It's like I'm spending the holidays with my family, and um, and after Christmas I started working, and I've been there ever since. But God's faithful; His faithfulness is is unreal. Um, I mean, I I don't. I mean, our faith and our trust in God, and and the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. I don't feel like there's anything that we could come up against. And with you guys, I mean. We, we really feel on top of the world, and everyone in here should feel like they can conquer anything. They can conquer the world. You can conquer the world. You, you have the backing of these, these people in this church and the Holy Spirit. I mean, that does something to your faith. I mean, when you, like, really drill in, like, spend time in prayer, like, you have to have that relationship, right, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but once you get there and you maintain it and you, you groom it and, you know, you get that fellowship, I mean, there's nothing we can't accomplish. Nothing. Your turn. All right, so um, I have trouble will bring you closer to God and grow your faith if you handle it how God has intended for you to handle it. You have an option. You can let fear and worry become a stronghold in your life or you can say God I trust you completely and that's really what this whole thing is about just getting to that point where you just hand it over to God and you say I'm not going to worry about it I don't know if you know the Lewises they're the most laid back bunch of dudes I've ever met in my life they don't worry about anything and that's just it's just because of that that trust in God Um, okay so your battle plan Jehoshaphat, number one, committed the situation to God and acknowledged that God that only God could save them. Um, second, he sought God's favor because his people were God's people. He's like, I know what your word says, and I know that this is your battle. So um, he sought God's favor. Uh, third, he acknowledged God's sovereignty over the situation. He said, only you can win this. Like, our army is way smaller than their army. It's just... It's just, you're our only option. I know that that you can win this for us. Four, he praised God and took comfort in his promises. I think the praise is a big big part of it. When the uh, whole Iris disaster happened. um, I waited a long time for that check, you guys. Like, a year probably. It wasn't, so it was 2019 taxes. I messed up in 2020. We got that check back at the beginning of this year. So, I mean, it was like a long time to say, okay, God, <laughs> I know it's coming. I know it's coming, and I'm thanking you for it in this, in this process, this waiting process. I'm thanking you for it. I didn't say, all right, God, every day, Please do this for me. Please do this for me. I, I said, thank you for what you've done. I thank you for the person whose desk gets on. I thank you for favor in the situation, and I thank you for your promises. So um, eventually that paid off, and it took a long time, but it happened. Um, and then he professed complete dependence on God, complete 
dependence on God. Uh, Jehoshaphat immediately checked his fear by placing his trust in God instead of worrying about his circumstances. By his actions, he shut down that initial response of fear, and his worry was replaced with God's peace. This is where Serena came in this morning. She stole it all. She's, you know, it's so true. When you, when you let go of that worry, God immediately replaces that with peace. And sometimes it's really hard to do to let go of that worry. But the, res- the return is, is God's peace. Like, it doesn't get any better than God's peace, you guys. You let go of that thing, let go of that worry, free that space up in your mind, and it's replaced with God's peace. And that's just like the, the ultimate reward right there. Um, going into a great battle, Jehoshaphat was able to go in singing and praising God praises to God, and that response was so unnatural that he confused them. I've said that already. All right. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. You got anything else? What time is it? 12, 11, oh, we're 10 minutes over? We did it. Yes. I was afraid we were going to be up here for like five minutes, and <laughs> that was going to be it. Okay, so we, um, we made... The, we made this little handout for you guys. Actually, Chris just like called scripture out to me and I typed it up. Um, They're out there on the the welcome desk if you guys want a copy of it. Um, The first half is what God's word says, his promises to you as heirs to his throne. And then the second part um, is scriptures that you can use to replace those negative thoughts in your mind. Just grab one of them and um, one that applies to your situation, whatever it is that has a stronghold on you, and um, replay every time that thought pops in your head, and it's there a lot, I know, um, but eventually it'll be there less and less and less as you replace it with God's word and God's promises, and it'll be gone eventually. You'll be like Chris up here, not worrying about nothing, just Amen. just trusting God. <laughs> All right, you want to pray? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we could testify of your goodness today, Father. I pray that it impacts people's lives, Father, in an amazing way, Father. I just pray that you help us grow in trusting you. Help us grow, Father, with your Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, Lord. If there's anyone in here, Father, that is struggling with that spirit of fear, worry, or anxiety, Father, I just I cast it out right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that they have the mind of Christ, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And, Father, I pray they reach out to somebody in this body, Father, that will stand with them, stand in the gap, to hold on to your promises, Father. Let us go in peace and your prosperity and and trusting in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you would, we're going to pick up these uh, chairs where you